KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Coronavirus Pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. One of the many ripple effects of the COVID-19 pandemic is that a lot of people have adjusted to working from home, and a lot of companies have probably realized that even when things get closer to quote-unquote normal, portions of their workforce won't necessarily have to come into the office to be productive. Good chance that this is going to lead to a lot of changes in the design of offices, not just in how big they are, but also maybe in the priorities, what companies want their workspace to provide. We wanted to drill down into the future of office space by checking in with one of the top architects in Philadelphia. John Campbell is a past president of the board of the Philadelphia chapter of the American Institute of Architects, and he is the current president of Francis Kaufman Architects in Philadelphia. We talked with him about what he thinks the future of office design is going to look like. Really interesting stuff. Give a listen. So first thing, it's not really a question as much as it is a a statement but office design's gonna really change a lot going forward after this pandemic's over isn't it absolutely i think uh you know just what we've seen successfully is people actually can work at home and i think a lot of companies who thought that people needed to be residing in the office are learning rapidly that with the right technologies people are able to work at home very successfully and you know this this is going to make our job as design professionals asking the right questions even more important you know what is it you're doing do you really need people to be in the office and i think you know in, in the first place this whole idea of social distancing and health in the office is going to be hugely important and i think the fact that people have got used to working at home is going to make it much easier, not that everybody demanding to be in the office immediately. Although I think people want to get back to the office. You know, we're social characters. Uh, and it's our, uh, the office is really a company's uh, marketplace. It's where we socialize, it's where we gather, collaborate. Uh, and it's all these things that celebrate and build on a company's culture. What were the trends in office design up until the beginning of March? Because it seems to me it was more open, more shared space, uh, not so much people having an office, but everybody's here. And what were, what did you see as the, the trends in office design up until about a month and a half ago? Well, definitely what we would consider the open office was a, a key driving factor. And the idea was inherently to increase collaboration. Now, when people did it right, it wasn't just open office. There was a whole array of different spaces. So there'd be places where people could go and uh, concentrate, focus work, whether sometimes it was in the open or in uh, quiet rooms. There were various types of meeting spaces. And I think you know a lot of people used it uh, over the years as a way to densify as well. People had less space, but the idea with some less space was to give more space to collaboration and less to the individual. So what are some things you are expecting going forward and how much 
Do you think the change will be in overall square footage places one? And how much do you think the change will be in design? And kind of piggybacking on that, how much of the design changes do you think will be based on the idea of health, social distancing, stuff like that? Well, I think we've got uh, two aspects here. I think there's the day one now, and, and there's a little bit, rightly or wrongly, a fear factor. You know, we don't know what we don't know about this. This uh, virus is everywhere, but nowhere. And so people are uncertain about it. And so day one, I think we're going to see a whole lot more about uh, social distancing. And you know what? One of the things that's really going to be good is people are going to be careful about their day-to-day hygiene and being aware of their things. Equally, not everybody's going to go into the office. And I think it's going. what we're going to see a lot more is choice and choice in people being able to work where they feel is appropriate to do the tasks they have at hand. And, you know, what I found using Microsoft Teams while we've been at home is actually I've been getting a whole lot of work done because it's a really great tool to easily communicate. So what I think we're going to see is less further down the road, we're going to see less emphasis or less amount of space provided for individuals and more about that collaboration social gathering because firms, innovation is hugely important for companies and innovation requires you to be doing things quickly. But it's an interesting process. Uh, John Cleese had this great uh, quote, I can't remember, but basically saying it starts with somebody having a pretty lousy idea and it says to somebody else who picks it up, continues the lousy idea and then the light bulb goes off in somebody and all of a sudden it's a great idea and you're socializing it and then it becomes manifest in a product or a service that people are doing and then you spend the time implementing. So we're going to see, I think, a lot more of those sort of informal war room type spaces where people and ideas can be displayed and communicated but they have to be done in a manner where it's both physical and virtual. And that's going to be an interesting challenge, I think, for some of the technology tools in how to make really the sticky board work seamlessly in a virtual manner. And so I think we're going to see more social space. And it's those in-between spaces. If you think about it, before we go to a meeting, we'll generally have a little sidebar conversation And when we come out of a meeting, there'll be chats between various groups of people of follow up on the meeting or what did they think about that? And those spots are actually often where a lot of the great ideas in a company get gelled and taken to another level. And so I think long term, will we see some shrinking of space? I think it depends on company whether they'll be able to give up individual space. I see the biggest challenge companies are going to have is there are some companies that people need to be in five days a week or some jobs within a company. And those, so those people should get an assigned seat. But if you only need to be two or three days a week, do you really need an assigned seat? And now with COVID, well, do I want to share my desk? Well, if you have a clean desk policy, I think, you know, and hygiene, you can overcome that. Have you had 
were there any projects that you, your firm was dealing with that were going in one direction, but now all of a sudden, given how the, the work and the world's been kind of turned upside down, that you're kind of reevaluating or the client is reevaluating, saying, hey, you know what, this isn't very important anymore, but now all of a sudden... A, B, and C are really important, which are things that weren't even on the table two months ago. Yeah, I would say uh, two major clients that we have right at the, the moment are definitely taking a look at this. Uh, one, we were doing some major collaboration hubs for them. And right at the moment, they've said, you know, ultimately, we think we'll want them. But we really want to step back a moment and reassess throughout the company. What is the impact of this? Not only day one, but day two. And I think we're going to see more of that, you know, even ourselves, you know, our company, we're hundred percent open office, you know, with some team rooms and various aspects. Uh, and, you know, we ourselves are exploring and putting together the protocols for when we come back to work. From a, a pure design standpoint, I've seen some people, I've read a couple articles that talked about uh, how much do you think the health things will will stick long-term? And what I mean by that is I saw some people talk about designing offices where everything only flows one way so that you don't have people crossing uh, and potentially like breathing on each other, stuff like that. Do you think they will be, there could be like fundamental things that really just point towards health and and sanitation and stuff like that that will become hardwired into the architectural design of offices going forward? I definitely think there's a number of those things uh, that are going to be very, I think we're going to be looking at a whole lot more materials that we can use, you know, materials that can be easily wiped down. And it's very interesting because there are actually a number of very nice, beautiful looking fabrics that you wouldn't think could be wiped down with uh you know, disinfectants, but they can be. Uh, so we're going to have to be much more meticulous in thinking about those. I think we're going to be demanding a much more stronger cleaning processes. I think the whole HVAC, because, you know, here's the dilemma. Right now, I think everybody's going to demand much, much better filtration within the existing systems. You know, everybody's going to want HEPA filters as opposed to the regular filters. Uh, as you start to see new buildings being built, I think you're going to see much stricter guidelines come in. And those a little bit like 10 years ago when LEED came out for environmental um, sustainability, I think you're going to get people who provide a different level of air filtration and the ability for some more natural ventilation, they're going to get premium rents moving forward. Uh, I think you'll find that there's certain areas, you know, like in uh, certain hospital areas and research facilities, you do various pressurization so that the air only flows in one. I think you'll see some of that, but I don't know that that will necessarily come. How much of a challenge will all this be for what you do? I mean, I guess part of architecture is the constant adaptation to what people want, but the, we've never, I think, had 
these types of needs dumped in one place at one time and be considered so important. So from an architect standpoint, how much challenge, how challenging are the next couple of years going to be as you adjust all this new information and all these new needs into putting together office spaces and office buildings? Well, you know, you know, I actually I think this is going to be an interesting one because I think the most important thing that we as designers, most people think that design is about the end product they see. I believe that the most important value we can do as the design profession is actually in the very upfront. It's helping our clients ask the right questions and it's working, leaning, you know, I look at a little bit like, uh, People hired Deloitte, Ernst & Young, and the likes for uh, strategic business strategies, uh, processes. I think we might end up by this seeing clients understand that workspace needs an equally important strategy around it. And so that they will actually start to work more with the right teams to devise What's the strategy that we need to think about how we use space? And that won't be just architects. You know, in our healthcare, often we have infection control specialists involved in our design process. So we're, I think the people who are going to be at the table putting together this workplace strategy program will include the design team, people potentially with infection control or health uh, business, the client is not just the facilities people, but I think you're going to see HR. So the design perspective, it's not just about day one completing a beautiful building. The whole design program and brief is going to be about not only the design of it, but how does it operate on a day-to-day basis and how can it massage? Because, you know, you design a, you know, a, a short-term lease is five years. Well, you know, it's an expensive investment. So we, how do we build the right things that within five years, because technology changes so quickly, that we can be flexible enough to adapt to changing business? I think you're going to see a lot more about potential furniture solutions because it's cheaper to construct and easier to move them. I suspect finally in this country, we'll see a lot more people potentially doing raised floor for power and data. You know, it, it costs more, but it allows a whole lot more flexibility. You know, people who wanted to move things around now, they're kind of stuck because they're uh, fixed to the floor in power and data. And, and so I'm excited because I actually believe engaging your clients and leading them on this process. And with our experience, asking you know, our company tagline is challenge the expected, inspire smart design. So it's really about asking the right questions to tease out what's right for the individual client's needs. You and I have a conversation, let's say five years from now. This has passed. Society has adjusted. Will the bigger impact on office design be in the size of the office or how they're designed, in your opinion? Overall, I actually think it's going to be how they're designed. I think the nature of what is an office, what does it do for a company, what's the role it plays for a company, is going to be much higher priority than the size. I think 
individual spaces. I, you know, we had got to the point where square footage per person had really become pretty tight. And so I don't know that. I think it's more how space is utilized, less individual, more communal, more social, because people want to come into the office for a different reason. If I can work at home several days a week, I'm coming into the office because the office is giving me, physical office is giving me some benefit to me personally to move the agenda or my role in the agenda for the company forward. So we've talked about offices. You guys also do a lot of healthcare space, I think you mentioned, correct? Yes. How is that going to change given this pandemic? And you mentioned how infectious disease, they're, they're actually people at the table talking about this, but how do you think this is going to change the design of healthcare areas going forward? You know, I think the most interesting part of there is we're going to, in a big case, ask what is the type of healthcare we want to provide? I think this, you know, over the last decade, for cost pressures, you've seen a whole lot of major hospitals move things to outpatients and satellite ambulatory care facilities. And so I think, you know, what we've maybe seen is the pendulum swung too far that way. And what do we need to be looking at more? I, I think it's more about how do we be prepared? You know, what's the lessons we're taking away from this whole event, knowing that, frankly, it could happen again? And how can we be better prepared in future? And so it may be that you're going to see more flexible bed spaces, you know, the, uh, the particular room. So how can you cater for this? I, I suspect you're going to see a lot more redundancy. And so the downside of that is that, you know, it, in construction, there's a lot more cost up front. And how do we make sure there's suitable funding uh, associated to do that? But, you know, the predicament we were in, it was clear that we really ran the risk of a lack of facilities. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 